Hey, welcome back to Inspiring Hope. I am Dr. Tracy Williams. I'll be your host. And this is a place where I always encourage you to have only positive expectations through self-care. All right, today, check it out. I have another fascinating lady with us today. Her name is Sally Shaver Du Bois. She is an educator, an entertainer. They call her Silly Sally, actually, and a professional speaker. She's also the author of the book called Keeping Your Head Above Water. Okay, who can't use that right now with all the stressful stuff we got going on during COVID and all this other stuff coming up and unknown things that are going to be happening And as a wellness professional, Sally has spent the last 30 plus years helping people of all ages to live a healthier, active lifestyle as a professional speaker and a personal trainer, health and physical educator. She's a certified master leader. Hey, I like that. We all need master to add that medicine, that natural medicine that is meant for us to be. And she's also a certified health coach. She has guided thousands of people to improve their lives. And additionally, a certified lab leader, Sally entertains audiences across the Midwest and around the USA. Silly Sally performs singing telegrams. So if you want one, you know who to call. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Balloon creations, original music, ventrique. Uh, ventriloquism. 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 Oh, right. You got Again for us, ventriloquism. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god, I love it! And a little magic to audiences of all ages because she believes that laughter truly is the best medicine, and I totally agree with you. <laughs> so, welcome to the show, Miss Sally. We appreciate you being Thank here. Thank you for having me, Tracy. You're more than welcome. Well, I'm so excited that you're here and that you are. I would call you a laughter specialist. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love laughing. That's that's my thing. You know, last year I, I did a poetry mic night and I said, you know what? And it was, no, it was the year before actually. So it was a year before it was, you know, COVID was just like a big thing then. And a lot of people were locked in. A lot of single people were at home. And I was like, you need just a touch of laughter and I'm telling you it will change everything and people loved it and then after that I promised that I was going to have a laughter class I'm like we need to have some laughter therapy you guys just so people come on here and and laugh with each other and I know some natural comics you know just every day my husband his friends they you I'm telling you you hang around there for 10 minutes you will be laughing for real seriously so I'm so glad you're here I love the background that it says joy because you know what, what you do is all about giving the joy that we need to not only, you know, maintain or sustain life, but to really thrive, especially in the time that we're living. But we want to talk to you today a little bit about your book, Keeping Your Head Above the Water. How did you you come up with that title and what made you write this book? Well, I think the book has been inside of me for many, many years, but um, I have been a teacher. I've worked with a lot of people in the health and uh, wellness uh, profession. So I started the book actually before the pandemic. And then once the pandemic hit, um, I'm like, I have got to finish this because everybody is needing some stress relief. And so the idea is, you know, when we're, if we're drowning, 
literally we're down below the water. Um, it, it's it's going to kill us if we don't get our heads above water. And stress is sort of like that. It's sort of sneaky sometimes, just like, you know, if you think you're out swimming in the ocean and the next thing you know, those riptides have taken you away and you don't realize it. Um, that's sort of how stress can be. You might just be on the roll and uh, us women, a lot of times or caregivers, we give and give and give and give. And we forgot, we forget to do the self-care things, the things that you talk about. And the next thing we know, our own health is starting to suffer. So the, the book is all about some ideas, some tips and techniques of some, I think, practical ways that we can reduce stress. And I know you are all about um, our relationship with God. And although this is not a Christian book, I do mention that that is important to me. That's ultimately, that's how we get our joy is because we have um, God, we let him be in control. But beyond that, there's some, some tips in here to help people uh, with their stress. Yes. And I love that you're, you have seven, well, I would say not seven principles, but the principle of learn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, those are... So tell us just a little bit, at least about one of the principles, if any of them that you want to, because I love yeah, so, all of them. Yeah. Let me just review real quickly. And then maybe we'll talk about the laughter because you mentioned that. So um, learn acronym. These are the, the five tips or techniques that I've found that help me and I think will help other people, whether you do one of them or all of them, um, laugh. Uh, we'll come back to that one. Exercise is so important. Getting up and moving that there's a lot of research that shows how exercise reduces stress, stress, um, attitude of gratitude and giving back. And I know you've had a previous episode on um, gratitude. So you've talked about that one. Um, relax, reflect and recharge. And that's being quiet. And that would be for me, that's my quiet time in the morning with God, my prayer, but also just putting away devices and being able to be mindful of who we are in the moment. And the last one, the end is for nutrition and looking at food as our medicine. So um, we'll come back to the laughter one. Then you mentioned that. And Yes, in the Bible, it talks about the importance of laughter in Proverbs 17. I use that verse a lot. I don't remember the exact verse, um, but it's in that chapter about um, how the laughter or joy is medicine to our bones. And it really is. I mean, you've talked about that. Um, we can feel it, but there is research out there that shows that laughter has a lot of the same physiological and emotional effects that exercise does. It, and most importantly, it reduces that stress hormone cortisol. So when we're stressed, when we're running around, I mean, sometimes we need to be stressed because like we, we, to get things done, or we just be hanging out on the couch all day. But when we're stressed, cortisol goes up inside our body. So if we don't have a method for reducing that somehow, um, which is part of this LEARN acronym, uh, that is not good for us because our blood pressure goes up. Um, it can cause a lot of other problems in our bodies physiologically. And as we found in the last two years, emotionally, um, we our mental health has been really, um, it's, it, we've all been affected by it. 
So the laughter actually can reduce blood pressure and it also reduces that cortisol. It increases those feel good hormones like oxytocin and it gets our heart rates going. So it's getting the oxygen flowing throughout our bodies. Cause when you laugh, whether you're laughing at something funny, like you were having your comedy night, you're trying and your husband helps you to laugh or you laugh at your pets doing something funny. That's called stimulated laughter, but I'm a laughter leader, which is simulated laughter or laughter yoga. So it's faking the laugh and your brain and your body really don't know the difference, whether you're going, <laughs> you're faking it, or you're really laughing at something you find funny. Yeah, that's incredible. And oh my gosh, it's so important too. I think to me, it's so important to, that we laugh. And I love that you mentioned about the cortisone. There was even talk at one time that uh, one of the school systems here in Kansas was thinking about well, trying to get it regulated so that when the kids come in the classroom in the morning, they can actually, you know, test them, do a little swab and test them and see what the cortisone levels are. And I think that's so important just to know. And it would be so cool to know, you know as a parent, you know, what's going on with your kid physiologically yes. so that you can understand what's going on with them emotionally instead of just thinking, well, they just shut down well, they don't say nothing or they just have these fits. Well, it's the reason they're having fits. And I think that all your principles work together, you know, nutrition, all of that exercise, everything works together to help us just become that, that whole person that we're created to be so that we can have joy. And, you know, to me, joy is not about that feeling necessary. It's more of the knowing that no matter what, you know what, God's got me. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a time to weep and it's a time to laugh. I think that's in Ecclesiastes 3, right? It's a time yes. for everything under the sun. So thank you so much for what you do. And thank you for explaining about assimilated laughter because that's important yeah. to know. Laughter yoga is, is when people, when I first talked about it, people laughed at me. I said, well, at least I'm <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm making you laugh you know that's right like, like that doesn't make any sense it does if you have ever known anybody who has experienced depression where whether it's real depression or mild depression or you're just in between because you don't want to admit that you're feeling a little sad or a little down whatever it is when you're not at the state where you're feeling that gratitude and you're having that love and it's like overwhelming because it is available to you every day but I know that life happens and it just doesn't seem like it all the time. But I always say, no matter what you go through, H-O-P-E, get a little dose of that. Have only positive expectations because you always don't get from God what you ask for. You get what you expect. So expectation brings you to faith because if you're expecting something, then you believe it's going to happen. It might yes. be a little tiny belief, <laughs> like a little mustard seed kind of belief. But when you believe it, I believe it's possible for it to manifest for you. And when we get possibilities, oh man, anything can happen. And it's mindset. You know, if we have a, a, yeah. a mind and sometimes it's faking it, like just a real quick little tip. If you're feeling down or you're around negative people, just go in the bathroom and go. <laughs> you really will feel better. I guarantee it. i when I, that happens to me, I try that, take a nice deep breath and smile. You're sending that positive, that, that oxytocin up to your brain. 
this is incredible. I should have met you two years ago. Oh my goodness. We've got to do a last thing together <laughs> because people, the world really needs this. And so keep doing what you're doing. I just want to encourage you in that no matter what, don't give up, stretch your stuff. Thank hey, you. I didn't know I was going to rhyme. Look, I'm a poet, but I do know it, you guys. <laughs> Okay, I had to add some laughter in there for that. So back to the serious part for the people that want to be serious because I know I got some book lovers that are listening. They want to know about this book that you have. Tell us about that. How did you get it started? Well, as I said, it I started it probably about three years ago now, and then it was kind of a two-year process of just writing things down. It's a short little book. It's about 10 chapters, 130 pages. Um, and it starts out with a little bit of re because I am an educator and I've got graduate degrees, you know, you have to research all that stuff, you know, all about that. Um, so there's a little research in there about what stress is a little uh, layman's term of how it works. And then I get into the learn principles. I also have a lot of stories in there, personal stories. Um, I did a lot of online dating for many years before I met my husband. So there's a lot of funny stories in there about my experiences with um, personal ads. And, you know, I was a single Christian woman till I was in my late forties. So there's some funny stuff in there to make people smile and laugh. Um, there's some stories from my educator days um, back in the day. Um, and I think people will relate, especially um, ladies will relate to this book. Um, although I've had guys read it too, and they like it. And again, I talk about my faith, but it's not a faith based book, because I wanted everybody to be able to utilize it. And um, I just feel like God was calling me to write it this way. So anyway, that's a short version of the book. Oh, you're muted there. Right. There you go. Yeah. I want to make sure I was quiet in the background. So what would you say to encourage somebody who does not read a lot or and someone who does not really know how to read? What does reading mean to you? Oh, reading means to me. Well, I am a teacher. I've been a teacher for over 30 years. I still substitute teach. Um, and I do a lot of library programs for kids in the summers. So really, I think reading, um, I was not an avid reader when I was a kid, you know, I had all this assigned reading, but as I have grown to, um, into my adulthood, I, I feel like reading it not only can be a relaxation kind of thing, if you want to just read a leisurely type book, but I love now to read, to learn new things because I love to learn stuff, whether it's Christian based, I try to do different Bible study books, or it's, I want to learn how to be better in marketing or uh, do something to improve my own health, whatever it might be. Uh, I just think reading uh, for kids and for adults is really just how we're opened to the world. And although some kids and some adults struggle with reading. Uh, I think once they learn how to decode those words and they're encouraged, I think you'll find that most people will be able to learn whatever they want through books. Um, we can watch, we can listen to podcasts, we can watch YouTube videos, we can learn things, 
but I don't think the brain doesn't get the same benefits as it does when we're reading on the page, because when we're reading a book, your eyes are actually crossing your midline. So in, in, in our American or in English, we go from left to right. We're crossing this midline that actually helps our brains, our left and our right side talk to each other. And so there's a physiological benefit to reading as well as the learning part of it. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's awesome right there. Okay. So it, listen, if y'all missed what she said about your brains that crossing from left to right, hit the rewind <laughs> and play that again, because that's so important that we are able to do that. So it really helps with neurogenesis. And not only that, with, with, with everything, when you comes to communicating with other people. Yes. All right. So one of my last questions, because every time I say last question, then I have another question on top of that. <laughs> so one of my last questions will be, how can reading help people become leaders? Oh, I think in, in many different ways. Again, there's a lot of books out there like um, Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, there's lots of different people I'm trying to think of now that are Christian or non-Christian um, who have leadership books that we can learn those tips and those techniques. I think it gives um, all of us confidence when we can read something and maybe learn a new skill. Uh, maybe you want to learn how to do a magic trick. You know, I when I go to the libraries or I go to and do a school show and I do a magic trick and the kids say, show me how to do that. And I'm like, you know, there's a book right over there in the library that shows you how to do a magic trick. So it maybe stimulates something in that child or that adult, they see somebody else. And if you can guide them to a book where they could learn it and practice it, I think that really does help them with becoming a better leader in terms of their profession as they grow up. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, I've worked in schools where we had kids in poverty. I've also worked in schools where I've had kids that were very affluent. And I think just the opportunities for all children to have access to good quality books and also the opportunity to, to learn how to read is so important. And I know there's a lot of discrepancies, uh, especially when we start looking at larger cities and we're looking in the inner city schools, they may not have the same opportunities as the kids out in the higher income. Um, but it's, it's amazing to me how even the kids in the higher income, yeah, they might have every possible thing they'd ever want, but they might not have a parent who is paying attention to make sure I take the kid to the library and show them how to check out a book or, okay, let's put the device down now. And instead of using that device as a babysitter, let's get a book out and read together. So it's just so important for child development um, and also that connection with parents and children. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It is really important. And then just like you said, you, you go and show them and so they, in turn, can give back to somebody else. 
and begin to do the same thing with their peers, you know, because it's usually their peers that can lead them to do something that we can't as adults. So it's great that, you know, when you find that one child that you can lead them to do that, then they, that's how they learn how to lead is they got to learn how to follow first. So. Thank you for joining and tuning in to another episode of Inspiring Hope today with your girl, Dr. Tracy Williams. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, rate it, and share it with someone else. Peace out.